Welcome to the Coffee Cast with Cation and Rubin, powered by Behind the Racket, the podcast dedicated to looking at the top issues facing tennis and getting to know the players facing them. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. The Coffee Cast can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. Special thanks to our sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at newbalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at MikeCTennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. And now. Well, as we start this week, we see Noah Rubin up 22 spots in the latest rankings to 247 in the world, <sighs> which I know you are rolling your eyes at. Uh, however, it's it's obviously been a, a tough year, but as we talked last week, a couple of good weekend wins and then a nice win over Jason Jung in the Delray Beach Open. Um, you didn't get featured in the latest viral video as you are not a Mario character, um, unlike Jordan Thompson, Steve Johnson, and, and Yoshi. Um, but I, I, listen, it's a good week. Congratulations. Uh, you have to at least be happy with how the results came in, even though your body kind of, you know, struggled at the end. Yeah. I, I mean, this early in the year to get first a revenge win against a really solid player, Paolo Lorenzi, who I've said it before, it is insane what this guy does. I mean, that was the longest two-set match I ever played at just about two hours and 45 minutes for only two sets. And, you know, my family, girlfriend, they're always like, he looks like he's about to pass out. And he looks like like he's going to kill you. It's all of that? Yes. But we're best friends and he can go for 17 more hours. Mm It's the strangest thing. But to get that kind of win, that obviously boosted the confidence. And then dealing with eight rain delays the next day through playing who, you know, is and was a very good tennis player, Dennis Isman, very solid. We have extremely contrasting games where he's lunging but can lunge across the court in one lunge right. while I am running around in circles. And uh, to save a match point, you know, through battling you know trying to get my body prepared through four off-court rain delays three on-court ones you know that's that's a good match for me that's that's one that i fought through some really difficult situations you know weather-wise with body with everything and i just used my good old new york grit to get through a match like that which is that's what i have to do you know 30 weeks a year i just it's nice to see it coming um you know to a, a much more comfortable place i'm feeling the ball much more comfortably and i'll take that with me and then obviously uh you know some people may say luck of the draw other people can say whatever they want they don't really give a shit but you know play jason jung he had a really good week in new york yeah combining him being tired playing a lot of matches there with extremely contrasting temperatures it was about 85 degrees yeah he's like yeah you were just pushing me a few two balls and i didn't want to do that anymore you know i'm just exhausted i was he was getting dizzy and you know all that stuff so you know that's that's three good matches for me and playing yoshi the body wasn't quite there to play 10 ball rallies um for two sets plus that guy has owned you i mean through your career let's face that is, is that true? You've, you've talked about it on this podcast about how Yoshihito Nishioka 
owned you in futures back in your your past it Listen, was like yeah 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 you, yeah. you can but you yeah, can but blame it, me all you want but you said that yourself i don't even i don't even remember that to be honest but yeah <laughs> he beat me a couple of times in futures he actually did give me one of my best junior wins though at french open a long time ago but uh no he's playing well obviously finals yeah. um lost to riley in three in the finals but for me to take away from week like that, that's three really good wins for me, playing some great tennis, good momentum. You know, I was smart, not pushing the leg. It really did feel some pain, took Columbus off and How's that going playing for you? Indian Wells challenge playing Indian Wells Challenger in a week. So uh but yeah. Yes, we are at a predicament of sorts. Yeah, so you're you're um, skipping Columbus, you make that decision late we have yes. talked about the idea of the last minute withdrawals before how you're only yes. allowed two through Dose. the calendar year um, yes. you have used one of them this week or have you used two already yes i i am at the point where i had no more free how, which i didn't even realize it's the end of february yeah i don't I mean, I don't even know. So that that's kind of on me. I, I actually, I know Newport Beach was one. Mm. You know, here we are. Okay, you send in the email. You say I'm not feeling good. I, I would like to pull out of Columbus. Mm-hmm. You then get the report back saying if you have a free withdrawal or not. And then if not, uh, you get the email saying you will be fined a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars if you're seated. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking at email like, what? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> and here's where all the thoughts start flooding my head. One, simply, is just makes me laugh, is you lose first round, because I'm not seated at Columbus. You lose first round, you get, I believe, $260. Right. Interesting. So you're going to find me four times the amount of my first round prize money for something like that, which you don't even hit $1,000 until the quarterfinals. So that just made me laugh, first of all. Second of all, you know, it's just, you know, I understand. So this, for the people listening, this is in place. So tournaments have enough time to market players. Right. That's what it's all about. It's like a catch-22. It is, I would love if that were true. <laughs> you know, please find me if you're pu- putting my picture up for three weeks straight. You're not going to get fans to come to the tournament. I'm sorry. Marketing you is just not going to bring anybody in. I mean, right? Yeah, right. It's a terrible oh, yeah, idea. It's probably it's probably going to go the opposite. Right. Way. People exactly. going to boycott it. Right. Even though I, I did get somebody on Twitter that was quite upset. That was one. Uh, <laughs> that was one. You know what? One know, lonely fan. I know who it is without even, yeah, go on. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's like, okay, you want to go out of your way to market me and spend dollars and have people be upset that I'm not there and then find me? Okay, I can get behind that. But here I am trying to deal with injuries, not knowing if I'm prepared, not knowing if I'm this, you know, them telling me that I should fly down to Columbus to pull out there or play my first round match, which promotes tanking, happens quite often, yeah. by the way. Yeah, so let me, here I let am. me just put that map yes. into place here. You're in Please. Florida. You could have yep. probably flown to Columbus for 400 ish dollars, somewhere in that range. 
probably. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Something like that. You could have done that, gotten to Columbus, withdrawn for free. Yes. Because you get you get clearance from the ATP physio on site. Right. But then I'm taking a flight back to New York. I, I am I missing days. It is... You're asking that of me. And, okay, the reason why that's in place for people listening is because they're hoping that a player that's pulling out, that a tournament has promoted, they can sign things for fans or, or be around the grounds, whatever the case may be. I understand why that's in place. But with these tournaments and pff, a lot of the ATP in general, not doing a great job marketing players. They do the top players. Obviously, that's what brings in the people. But here I am dealing with the repercussions, which again, you're you're going to give me $260 for losing first round of the tournament, but have the audacity to find me $1,000. I mean, that's what less than that's what more than half the tournament is going to be making for the week so you look at me with a smile and you say i have to deal with all of this but you don't pay me any money i think the scales are tilted in the wrong direction here and it infuriates me it really does because i i hate getting a double-edged sword i hate you telling me i can't make money and then you finding every reason to find me a lot of money if you say it's a hundred dollars okay that's fine like let me give you a hundred dollars for something that's really i'm taking care of my body i'm not tanking but if you want that hundred yes is it the same for challengers versus tour level i think it may be more i would assume it's more I, I believe I need the numbers on that one. That one I'm not 100% sure of, but I know that sometimes at the ACP level with the top guys, you know, you will have these players fly down and be with the tournament and be yeah, with yeah. whatever. But I also know that they're paid for flights at times and they're paid for hotel when they get there. I, you know, you're telling me to take out money in my own account, you know, fly across the country for you to what uphold this rule that you know 98 percent of the tennis players are going to lose out from i don't know that was a really tough email to look at meanwhile uh while we are obviously you know we've got the delray beach open that you are in um drummondville the indoor challenger up in canada uh there are plenty of players who are down playing the clay court swing uh, Christian Garin has had a pretty couple of uh, decent weeks for himself into the top 20, I believe, uh, as it stands right now. Amazing to see him doing so well on the clay courts. And it, it appears you have feelings. Yeah. Um, are you going to go you know, the Kyrgios route and, and blast people who are dirt dogs, if you will? You know, I'll first say I just want to back up my tweet. You know, I had that tweet that, you know, people had mixed feelings about but i was just so fascinated by the idea that this tennis league that we all play on the same circuit mm -hmm. like it looks like they're playing on mars and we're on Sat like two different planets and you can say there's other sports that play on different surfaces but it's not the same in any regard i mean you can have somebody that's 30 in the world playing on dirt a completely different type of tennis in rio and then you can have the number 31 player in the world playing in Del Rey on hardcourt in Florida. And it's beyond me that this is the same sport. Mm. 
And I've gone back and forth with, okay, you know, you have such an international sport. Maybe it's so accessible that we are creating this incredible fan base. Maybe I'm leaning towards what Kyrgios was saying online. I think I am. I think if you have one tournament to unify and to back and put all your marketing behind and so all the spectators can get behind it, I don't know, maybe that's the way because it's just so unusual. I mean, you have people like uh, Jean-Luc Magère, who I played at US Open Qualies this year, and you have other players that I played, like uh, a Hugo Delian and, and all these other guys that I don't see them. Yeah. <laughs> you just, you see them four times a year, maybe mm-hmm. if, and I definitely know there's some players that have skipped qualies of slams to play clay court events. Sure. You also have Americans who have skipped the clay court time frame because they suck on clay. It has gone both ways. Yes. And again, I don't know if we should be saying that tennis should be on hard court or clay court or whatever the case may be. I just think it's fascinating and should be something we look at for a reason that maybe tennis isn't growing is because we ha- we don't have this unified sport. I-, I feel like you look, I'm looking on Twitter and I'm watching Bala's, how do you pronounce this guy's name? I, I leave you to the pronunciation. Attila? Right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Attila Balash. Yeah. Yes, yes. And you're watching him play Majer and and then you're looking at like, I don't know, Riley Opelka playing. And you're like, is this the same world? And, mm. and again, does this allow for more people to get behind it? Or is it just too much going on, too congested, too confusing for people to support something like this rather than you have, you know, if you watch, let's say, Premier League, you know who you're watching, where you're watching them. Or if you're watching tennis, you have two tournaments every week and that's what it is. And it, it just seems like it's it's very unusual. I don't know where to go about it, but it doesn't create this... There's so much going on that you can't put your focus into tennis, I feel like. Number one, I like the idea of there being this uh, clay court swing that's not just isolated right around the French Open and that there are more options for players who have different styles. I like that. So I, I, I disagree with you in that particular regard. To agree with you, though, in, in some way, shape or form, I think there needs to be unity on basic level requirements. So my opinion would be that there is a, you have to play 10 hard court tournaments a year of your- Interesting. Whatever, Choosing, whatever you know, whatever, if, you, yeah. if, you, if you say there are 18 countable tournaments, okay, five of them have to be on hard court. Mm-hmm. Five, five of those 18 have to be on hard court. Same thing, you know, five, five of them have to be on hard, uh, on clay courts. If you are a, right. an American player, who's more of a traditionalist, I think that's when one way to make it equal. Um, I don't know how you equate a, and incorporate the grass into that when there are only like two tournaments every year, no, that's um, but there, there fine. needs to be yeah. some, some sort of uniformity so that there's not just this idea of, a couple of guys who are South American and it's becoming less and less that there are guys who are just solely clay court specialists, but that those guys are suddenly top 30 in the world and are seated at, at say Wimbledon. Right. It, it, it's just, 
<laughs> tennis has a way of, of making its life very difficult. <laughs> I feel like the sport itself makes it very difficult for it to grow within its own form um, because you have so many reasons to kind of shit on it, to be honest. I mean, um, you know, you're looking at these players and half of them, you know, you go on Twitter and you don't know half of these players. And it's great that they have the opportunity to get these tournaments. But again, like you said, they're 50 in the world with maybe not winning a hardcore match in a couple of years. And that could be said for Americans on clay yes. at times and other ones. But, you know, I just, I just think things get put to the side when that happens and you can kind of pick and choose how you play. And maybe your fans like that. Maybe there are people out there that say, pick your own path. Tennis can give you a million ways to get there. But I think it doesn't allow for you to get behind the sport as much. Yeah. I, I think for me, and I'm not not as extreme as Kyrgios is, obviously, but I think if you have a minimum countable tournaments on on each of the, if you will, the two bigger surfaces, I think that's the way to go, personally. Um, but again, I think ultimately we're going to need to have some unionization happening at some point. Oh, we've we may have spoken about that we've one or gone two times. Back full circle. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's yeah. Yeah, do you want to talk at all about the coronavirus and how it's disrupting uh, everything in the world right now, and including tennis? No, no, I rather focus on what's really important, which is our podcast. Yeah, yeah, and that's the important it, thing. And then if it takes place, it takes place. Okay. Well, um, I'm just saying, you know, if if the coronavirus uh, starts impacting my ability to make money, I don't know how the hell I'm going to feed my child. So, um, I well, need we, the Neither of us stop. make that much money, so I don't know <laughs> what you're frowning about over there. Uh, I'm going to start playing poker again, and I might make like a, a couple hundred bucks a year. So, um, that's something. I'm a little nervous about that. Um, yeah. We are going to, this week, going to have a major announcement here on the podcast. Um, it's it's kind of a big moment for us. We're very excited about it. So, please stay tuned for that later this week. Um, and a way for you to support the podcast as well. So, we'll have those things later in the week, right? Oh, yes, we will. <laughs> Edge of my seat. <laughs> uh, give everybody your schedule for the next few weeks, if you will. Yeah, you know, it gets tough at this time of the year, especially with my ranking drop, but hopefully sneak into Indian Wells Challenger. Who knows, maybe a, a gift in my future, a late belated birthday present for Indian Wells Wildcard. Oh, shit, I forgot to mention your birthday. And, and it's okay, nobody Happy cares. Birthday. I'm 24, so I'm super irrelevant and it's depressing as hell. But, um, and then when Miami comes around, I you know won't get IMG wild cards and won't be there so it's kind of up in the air at that point and yeah that's about it how, have how's it coming with you coming to phoenix is that happening i've got the two uh, bedroom no cuz two bedroom you're airbnb. there no, no no two bedroom airbnb one bedroom one relaxation area for yourself as well come on it'll be yeah, so much fun gonna... no that's literally the last adjective i would have used <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, then my schedule for everybody who's interested, second week of Indian Wells, I'll be in Arizona, in Phoenix, You're going straight to Miami from there. And then uh, the next one will be actually in Savannah. Wow. I'm going to have a little time off. Savannah. Savannah. It's the best best tournament in the world. I love it there. <laughs> Great place. Uh, okay. So big announcement coming in the next couple of days. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for that. 
The show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at NoRuben33 and at Mike C. Tennis. We want to hear your opinions and stories behind the racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us ratings on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you behind the racket on the Coffee Cast with Cation and Ruben. <laughs>